and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Mate, we're going straight into it. Red lights rolling. We haven't even planned, mate. No. We? But, uh, uh, do you know what? I've been listening to the High Performance Podcast. Have you listened to that Yes, before? Jake Humphreys. Jake Humphreys yes, and yes. Damien, Professor Damien Hughes. That's it, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah, very good stuff. Very good. I mean, he's a great broadcaster, isn't he, Jake? I mean, I remember, for those of us who remember him pre-football, he was, of course, the Formula One uh, guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so, he's, yeah, yeah I, um, I, I got put back onto it because Matt Ballard posted the other day that he'd won this, like, one-to-one with um, I saw the that. other chap, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Matt is not very often forthcoming with his praise. Yes. And um, he was very forthcoming with his praise. So he I was. was like, oh, I need to check this guy out again. He was, yeah. Yeah. Mate, if you like, it's like tropical. Isn't it, it isn't it? I don't know. Who it's, what have you done, mate? I don't know. No, I do. I don't. I'll tell you what, oh. listeners. Mike is trying to sweat me out of here. Pete's, Pete's going to have kittens now. I, I didn't touch that. That must have been on. Unless somebody put it on earlier uh, to for be us. Fair, to be fair, we've had a job interview in here this morning. We did. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, we had so, a job so, interview this morning. It's not she, been on. She was sweating as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit wrong, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, coming here for an interview, that might be the case. Yeah, <laughs> It was so, cold when she first came. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. So... I tell you what, people won't have been used to us waffling no. on for a little bit, I have think. they? We've had oh some my God, special guests back for, in, yeah. <laughs> back in the room. <laughs> I think we've done we've done six with James, and yeah. then an additional three of those of which with, with Tom. With Tom, um, and they have been very formal, haven't they? They've they very, they they are very professional people. weren't they fantastic guests though? Really? Fantastic, man. I mean, yeah. what content we got out of that was 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 tremendous. I mean, so you know, big big thanks to James and Tom for that uh, for their time. Uh, we actually saw them. They came down live. We had the pleasure of their company mm. here, uh, and uh, I think they've uh, they enjoyed it and they they were very complimentary about what we're we're doing here. So um, yeah, it's good. Uh, all good stuff. So. Um, very exciting, mate. Isn't it? Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. I was really pleased to be able to get them in and, and have a listen. And I hope the listeners, you know, we've had some great feedback, and uh, I think the listeners have got some real value from from the insights. So, uh, yeah, it's good. And obviously, you know, we like to keep it as informal as we can where we can. And uh, yeah, we thought we'd go back we, to a couple of less less formal, less Mike formal, and Pete yeah, chats because and, and unplanned as 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 they uh, as they generally are unscripted and unplanned. Um, uh, but I thought we'd uh, we'd perhaps recap on what uh, we talked about in one of those podcasts we did with James and Tom uh, because since the podcasts were launched we've had we were talking about the guide to maintaining roadworthiness and we were trying to sort of second guess what the changes were going to be uh, we've now had that we've now seen the changes we have. did that surprise you how quickly that came out yeah it was almost like we spoke it up wasn't yeah. it it was incredible really how uh, we they, were just <laughs> chatting about it and then it just out of nowhere puff it appeared do you, do you know what I, I reckon somebody in the DVSA was sat there saying oh god god my, my computer been going on we better get this out now you know, we've been sitting on this for six months we better get it out the door yeah, and yeah. I, reckon, behold, I reckon oof. it's all our fault I reckon yeah. we, we lit a fire under yeah it. blame us blame us folks yeah so, so the, the key we've uh, we've since uh, we, uh, we've since dissected, or we've we've had the uh, we've had a chance to dissect what's in the guide to maintaining roadworthiness, the new version, and I think it's pretty much as we talked about in the previous podcast with James and Tom. I think there was nothing too untoward there, was there? But anything catch your eye, Pete? No, it was. Um, you know, I've uh, I'm, I'm very blessed in that 
I've uh, been able to have a skim through and I've had a little bit of support along the way with people sort of giving me some guidance and what uh, uh, what the big changes are. But um, yeah, obviously there's there's quite a big one around uh, roller brake testing, which is uh, which is a big one, isn't we it? We kind of were expecting to see that, weren't we? But yeah, so I mean, yeah. if you're not doing loaded roller brake testing now, you've got you've got to do it, really. Yeah, absolutely. No, no two absolutely. Ways That's going to be a, a non-negotiable, isn't it? Yeah. 2025 yeah. onwards is... Yes, uh, is the... Guidance, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think... Really, what they're the angle is if you're not doing it, why not doing it? That's the, mm. the I think that's the the message I got from it. But yeah, um, and I imagine I imagine all like your Mahas and your Total Cares who uh, manufacture uh, roller brake tests. I will tell you what, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd have. I should have been their hands together. Bought, yeah, yeah, I should have bought some yeah. shares, mate. Is yeah. what I should have done. Uh, I knew I should have invested in a roller brake tester company. But that, yeah. like, literally, I think price has gone through the roof. They're going to get rare as rocking or shit as everyone orders them. Absolutely. And uh, any any maintenance provider who hasn't got them, I'm sure, will be will make you know making that orders now. And um, you know, it's a good business opportunity for somebody. You know, if, to, if you're going to invest uh, a, a, a sum of money into a business, that's a good yeah. way of doing it. Well, and it's a good. You know, I, I obviously I do a few workshop audits and that kind of thing, and I think. Um, you know, you've got to look at every uh, every cloud and all that and, and look at the positives. And I've been speaking to a few sort of own account workshops because I go and do their auditing and stuff. I say, look, you've got an opportunity here mm, to make a bit massive, of money because yeah. there's going to be lots of operators who um, use Fred in the shed or, um, you know... Um, uh, Oh, God, I'm trying to think of something. Sam with a van. There we go. I just come up with that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, come up with that Sam, one. Sam in a van and uh, Fred in the shed. And uh, yeah, there's going to be operators looking to do brake testing. And if you've got your own uh, own brake rollers, even if you're only account workshop, you can you can soon sort of that can soon add up. Certainly back in my day at Volvo, we were charging 13 quid an axle. Oh right, yeah, yes. And I imagine yeah. that's in old money as well. Yeah. You know, that's a good few years ago now. So I would have thought 15, 20 quid an axle. Yeah, you know, and it's a it's a chunk of change, oh, isn't it? You know, you get a six axle vehicle over. That's a few a yeah. hundred quid. It's a few quid. And and I mean, I'm going back even further than that in the days of you know when I was involved with workshops and anything you test invariably leads to business doesn't it It generates business because it'll generate if you've tested something and it's failed or it hasn't quite met the mark it it gives you an opportunity to upsell uh so yeah it's uh, i i haven't heard what do you think about um we see it quite a lot on the facebook pages and the social media pages um thoughts on um Sort of uh, mobile fitters come in doing inspections. What, where do you see, oh, you know, uh, with your uh, ER hat on and uh, auditing? That is a. Uh, where do you see that? That is, a, that is a cheeky, cheeky one there, Mike, for me not to have prepared. <laughs> prepared <laughs> that was for. a hospital pass, yeah, as they call yeah, them, wasn't it? Yeah. It stuck me on the spot. Yeah. There. The last time I got asked a question like that was on the Half Dozen Things podcast, where one of my guests said, Pete, who are you? And I was like, you'll have to have a listen to the podcast for that one. Um, but yeah, I think I've bought myself a little bit of time to have a think about it. Um, mate, ugh, mobile fitters, I think they serve a purpose. And um, that is um, probably, probably to put it very friendly. Um, mate, I'm not a big fan. No, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of mobile fitters. And I think, I think they're a way of out of a hole. And I think... Um, you know, there's um, there's a bit of a place for them, but I think it's got to be not your first choice. No, I yeah, think, it's, um, yeah, I think you know, um, and 
like with anything, it does come down to the level of competence. Yeah. I'll take a, a very, very competent mobile fitter over, a, yeah, yeah, over an apprentice in a workshop. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, because obviously it does the come quality down to competence. Work, yeah, and the quality of the work. Yeah, the quality of the work. But um, I, think, um, I think the whole thing about standards and having high standards and mobile fitters is that essentially they are literally Sam in a van. Um, and... Um, yeah, like like anything, if you were to start out doing a uh, a fitting business or you know a workshop type business, the way you're going to start out doing it, and I'm not saying they're all the same, um, because I'm sure they're not, but um, there's uh, you know there's there's you've not got much guarantee or comeback no. or what have you. They haven't made the same level of investment that you're going to get from a good quality independent or main dealer workshop, and um, potentially potentially not the same level of uh, training, but that being said, there is the potential for all of that. So I think I think it. I would round back to every operator who is employing more than five people should have a very robust subcontractor policy, where they vet their mm. contractors and the yeah. people that they work with. Yeah. And um, I think you know, like you said, there there may be mobile fitters out there who are much better equipped actually than some workshops. So um, certainly in the guide to maintaining roadworthiness, which is guidance, um, it does say that a workshop needs to be large enough to fit yes, um, yeah. uh, fit vehicles in. I've, I've not actually checked it for wording on mobile fitters um, in reality. Yeah, but actually, really they don't, you know, it, it says what the workshop requirements are yeah. and that is for them to be adequately lit, um, uh, you know, a, a, a roof or... Um, or, or, or of a size big enough to fit the largest vehicle in the fleet. So they're making it very clear that there is an expectation. There is an expectation, isn't there? But possibly there are work. They, you know, possibly there are um, operators out there who have got their own space that could be used as a workshop by a mobile fitter. So I think it's you know horses for courses. Um, and I think I think the main thing to focus on is having a really good quality subcontractor policy and procedure where you vet your contractors. Yeah. So you measure their MOT first time pass rate, you gather information around what their minimum level of qualification is, Absolutely. what are their risk assessments, what are their policies and procedures, because one of the things that operators do need to understand is that if they have subcontractors coming onto their site to work, they have a duty of care for those yeah. subcontractors. Yeah, true. Um, particularly if they're self-employed men mm. in van, men yeah, in vans. Yeah. And actually, they operators might decide that the extra 10 15 quid an hour that they're saving on that technician who's coming in a van it's very convenient you know i understand it's convenient it's probably less expensive um but potentially the the level of risk they're they've just to ramped their risk up haven't yeah, they definitely yeah, yeah I always, you know, so they're reducing their cost at, at a risk i always think workshops are dangerous places and, and uh, are you know anything dangerous. to do with you know if you've got vehicles jacked up and what have you it's it, it is dangerous but i know before we get shot down on uh social media i know there are mobile brake testing kit available but i've got a i've no idea but i've got an imagination and that would be more expensive probably than 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 properly fitted uh, brake yeah, testing Yeah, so in, in my experience, the, the mobile brake testing equipment, in my experience, has actually been less expensive because it's been uh, it's not been required to be properly like fitted yeah. or dug out or what have you. Um, and, uh, but the, it does represent a challenge, and that is that I'm not sure, I'm not convinced, and I'm happy to be corrected, and I'm just speaking a bit off the cuff, 
but they're fa- he- fairly hefty bits of kit. So when they say yeah. mobile brake <laughs> testers, I think what they mean is that they're on like dolly wheels. Dolly wheels, And yeah. you can move them yeah. around the yard yeah, yeah, if you I'm need not, to move them around yeah. the yard. Not that they're very easy to put on a ramp and into the back of a van yeah. uh, to then be transported around because they're hefty bits of kit. Poor old Sam the van has just been stopped by the DVSA for being overweight because he's got his brake testers in the yeah, back. Yeah, I'd, he, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be fascinated to yeah, find out yeah. what the weight is of a mobile brake tester and yeah. are their true. vans big enough to hold them? Because yeah, true. once you've got all the, um, by nature, they have to have ramps yeah. slightly differently to a properly fitted roller Lift them off the ground, to, yeah, 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 to, yeah. To get the vehicle where it needs to be to sit in the rollers so excuse me um i think the mobile uh, roller brake testers are, are far more for being moved around and put in place in a yard rather than um rather than transported from one location to another because they're fairly hefty bits of kit but i think the dvsa have got some stuff that they, they do they around are, with yeah. and what have you. yeah <laughs> Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders. We offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. It's very hard to speak generally, and I'm probably digging myself a hole. People will dig me out for what I'm saying. But I do think that, I think, erring on the side of caution, I think what's become very apparent in recent times is that I'm doing increasing amounts of workshop audits. Yeah. It's something that I'm seeing more and more and that's because the workshops are coming under increasing levels of scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, or maintenance providers are, com- yeah. are coming under increasing levels of, sc- of scrutiny. And uh, transport managers are being held to higher account. Yes. Um, yes. As to how they select their subcontractors. Yes. So I think as with anything, it comes with a health warning. I think whether your um, uh, maintenance provider is, is in a workshop or mobile, you need to know not only what your MOT pass rate, but what their MOT pass rate is. Yeah. Um, and I think that people need to make sure that they've got risk assessments, they've got policies and procedures to ensure that they're satisfied that um, the people they're choosing to use and do the work for them are competent. Bonafide, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And have the insurance they need. As Insurances, well. yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not, you know, it's a big investment anyway, it, it, whichever way you do it, it's a big investment, is it, in workshops as we know, but... But yeah, I'm quite right. Quite rightly, and I think you know, from a training point of view, without giving too many of our trade secrets away, from a training point of view, I'm starting to lean training courses more towards maintenance. I'm not not suggesting for one minute the driver's hours, for example, isn't as important as it's always been. Uh, however, I do feel that that I think the course content is now erring more towards maintenance and understanding of maintenance issues because I think that's where the DVSA's focus. Uh, really is at the moment uh, or probably has been for some time but uh, yeah so what, yeah, what, what what else was in the guide what else do we have in the guide to maintain yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question Mike and actually I just want to I'll let you have a think about that whilst um, I just pick up on what you've just said which is I think that um, when it comes to managing your operation you've got the considerations of the roadworthiness and then also of the management of the driver and uh, you know, obviously we have things like driver CPC, we have tachograph analysis, they're upgrading the standard of the tachographs. And largely speaking, I think that um, 
there are lots of management, easy management systems in place. And actually, roadworthiness is a big challenge yeah. and a big expense as well. Yeah. It's a big expense, yeah, a big expense. Um, which um, I think is very much the thin end of the wedge. And the DVSA are acutely aware that there's probably plenty of operators out there that are operating out of MOT, you know, un- un- unsafe for the road. Um, and um, there, there's there's obviously clearly a big it's a big complex part of an operation is to manage roadworthiness and defects. It is, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and in fairness, it's probably not as understood as it, it should be. I think mm. that's uh, the the competency out there is probably slightly lacking in in that area. Yeah, and and that's only getting worse, isn't it? Because yeah. the vehicles are getting more complex, and I think there's good quality people who are retiring out of the sector. Yeah. And it's not a particularly desirable job for the younger generation. Big shortage of fitters, absolutely big yeah, shortage yeah. of fitters. Um, I happen to be, uh, I happen to be, uh, we, I, I went to deliver, not, not nothing to do with transport actually. Uh, uh, I went to deliver, I had a great time to be fair, Pete, and you know, thanks obviously go to, to, to Flagship for sort of sponsoring this really, but I had a great time delivering a presentation skills uh, workshop to a load of second year business studies students at uh, Wellingborough I would say Wellingborough Tech but of course it's uh, it's not called that anymore it's called something Tresham Institute of whatever it is um, but I, I'm, I went there that's where I studied that's where I did to, uh, when I was uh, when I was learning to be a, a mechanic and um, I, I asked some of the some of the guys there uh, you know what what's it like there's just such a not a take-up and people who start courses very rarely finish them and it's uh, it's you know that's the future really for us is going to be struggling to get the people in those positions in workshops to uh, to to do that sort of work but tricky yeah. mate tricky um so what else was there in well the uh, uh, yeah i put myself on the spot there because i can't one, think of the name for it the, yeah, the, uh, one of it, them was a sign-off sheet wasn't it yes making sure that yes the services were signed, signed off, off roadworthy yeah that's definitely something we go through on our on training courses um you know to, to to make sure that transport managers people in the transport office uh, when they get a service sheet back, when they get an inspection sheet back from the uh, maintenance provider that it's c- correctly completed and signed off, I think that's the important thing, isn't it? I think um, you know, I think it's a fairly chunky document, but I would suggest to people to read it a section at a time and familiarise themselves with it. But it does have its limitations. And one of the things we were discussing earlier is I did a workshop audit the other day and um, the workshop technicians... Now, in section 5.2, which relates to tyres and tyre management... Uh, I, th- I think point eight because I've emailed the DVSA on it recently. Uh, I think point seven or eight on there is about the service inspection monitoring, monitoring tire pressure mm. and where and or what have you. I haven't oh, got the document yeah. in front of me exactly what it was. But this workshop were keen to not remove dust caps and put a tire pressure gauge on the tires because it resulted in longer term puncturing or loss of air yeah. or dust getting in etc etc which i found very interesting and the the um the health and safety person who looked after the fleet said to me well what what's the what's the right thing to do and i've, I've sent it on to the dvsa because in reality the wording says uh, that the guidance is is that tire pressures will be monitored yeah. now that that workshop are arguing that they are monitoring the yeah. tyre pressures by yeah. having a visual look at them and hitting them with a hammer or giving them a yeah. kick or whatever it is they're doing, and they can yeah. see that the tyres are, are okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. the tyres are okay. Now, uh, in my book, that is not yeah. monitoring them, but no. that's my book. So, and obviously, they do have tyre pressure gauges. Yeah. So, what's the point in having them <laughs> if you're not going to? Tri- yeah, if you're not going to take yeah. them. And, and what I must say is, you know, I've been witness to roadside stops where a twenty thirty psi down tyre. Yeah 
has uh, resulted in um, you know a PG9. Yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Inflation's yeah, uh, yeah. It's it is interesting sometimes the wording of uh, you know how that how that goes around. I mean, but there's from, nothing there to back me up. Nothing there to back you up. No, you can't. And um, you know a lot a lot of that we, we find with legislation. And of course, the guidance goes deeper than the legislation. The uh, somebody touched, you know, I was talking to somebody in, in the legal profession about this the other day, and they they said. You know, guidance is used to amplify leg- legislation. So they use the guidance to make the, the legislation more more palatable, more readable. Um, uh, but sometimes it just stops short, doesn't it, of what we really need to do, what they really expect us to do. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, guidance is well and good. And I recommend, thoroughly recommend that everyone reads the the GTMR or the Guide to Maintaining Roadworthiness themselves. Um, certainly, as uh, you know, we'll, we'll all become more familiar with it. And um, I suggest that some of the things, certainly that's very familiar, a lot of the things that we've discussed previously yeah. are there coming up. So please do look at the back catalogue of, uh, of our podcast and uh, and have a look at that. And there's been a wealth of people posting about Aren't it they? online yeah. as well. Social media kind of blew up, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen this? I do. Um, oh, really? No. It does, it does make me chuckle where people just share a link yeah. and then believe that's content. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, that so, nobody else has sort of discovered that the fact that the guy to maintain where this has been been updated yeah but. absolutely but um yeah do uh, do drop your comments what have you found what's uh, what's been most interesting in the new update and uh yeah let us know what you think and uh yeah we'll see you on the next podcast excellent thank you very Cheers much Mike. catch you in a bit i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please share with your friends and colleagues too join us for free on facebook with the fleet geeks community for transport and fleet managers fleet geeks offers ongoing professional development networking and mentoring too so get in touch with me pete rushmer on any social media platform to find out more